you talking about, oh spooky? <laughs> <laughs> you did have one. You were right. Uh, man, you didn't just have one. It, you freaking had one. <laughs> that fantastic catchphrase means it's time to begin. Ooh, spooky, a podcast about a book that is called Mysteries of the Unexplained. It is a book containing spooky, scary stories, and every week we go through it and try to, uh, you know, not be too scared. Uh, our names are Adam Knox, Peter Jones, Luca Muller, and it is time to stop fucking around. <laughs> and what's your name? <laughs> Go nice on. to meet you, Daniel, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Christopher. Um, we go through and name everybody who we think might be listening. <laughs> nice to meet you, your majesty. Whoa. Whoa. Do you reckon there's any royalty that listen to this podcast? I, I mean, heard Sir Elton John listens. So it, he's not royalty. He's a sir. He's the king of pop. I've <laughs> had to move the crown yeah. along. <laughs> yeah, very problematic. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's time to start. <laughs> Chapter. This first story is from the section Unearthly Fates. Ambrose J. Small, a Toronto theatre owner, and of course he is a Toronto theatre owner and man about town. Had just concluded the sale of his... He added that himself. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What do you do? Uh, Theatre owner. Theatre owner. Man Man about town. (laughs) It's the early 80s, so don't put gay. (laughs) (laughs) No, just put uh, man about town. Man about town. I'm all about that town. Had just concluded the sale of his theatre chain and his wife had deposited a cheque for $1 million. Wow. That evening, December 2nd, 1919, he walked through a heavy snowstorm to pick up the New York Times. (laughs) (laughs) I need to know. (laughs) Honey, it's snowing outside. You can't. No, I've got to get the... I want to know what a funny cartoon is. (laughs) What's Garfield doing? (laughs) It's a man walking through the snow to buy the New York Times. (laughs) He hates Mondays. I hate Mondays. (laughs) Garfield. (laughs) Garfield being in the New York Times is pretty funny. I think you're thinking of the New Yorker. I am thinking of the New Yorker. <laughs> yep, because is that what you meant by cartoons? A little, yes. yeah, because they have those fancy ones. <laughs> I meant the little duck trying to order a sausage, and they're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that, duck sausage. No sausage for a duck on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. What? People go, oh, ah, the Senate. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> uh, so he walked through a heavy snowstorm to pick up his copy of the New York Times and swore loudly when he found that the train that usually brought the newspapers had been delayed. <laughs> Why? Because of the snowstorm. Why are you here? <laughs> Fuck. That was loud. <laughs> <laughs> Those curses were the last words anyone ever heard from the irate Ambrose Small. <laughs> Imagine your final words being, Fuck the train! <laughs> I want my newspaper! <laughs> <laughs> The case was a nine-day wonder. For small... <laughs> no, I don't think. <laughs> it's a nine-day wonder, you see. <laughs> Ambrose Small and Mama number five. <laughs> He's a nine-day wonder. For Small was known to have kept several mistresses and to have gambled heavily. Damn. I told you. <laughs> I was a man about town. <laughs> I couldn't have made it more obvious that I was a gambling womanizer. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant gay. <laughs> His secretary, John Doherty, gave the story another twist by absconding with $100,000 in bonds on the same day. Captured and tried a year later for this offence, Doherty seemed to have had nothing to do with his employer's disappearance. <laughs> no, I'm just a regular thief. Yeah. <laughs> if anything... 
And none of these are Canadian accents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they in Canada. Oh, Toronto. Well, why was he buying the fucking New York Times then? Because it's near. Why does he care what's going on down there? Yeah, it's came, popular, that's it's why it came up on the train. That's why it's on the train. That's what it's on. I just put a newspaper on a train. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of you, th- you, go. <laughs> you thinking of a single newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get it up to J- Ambrose J. Small. <laughs> Little hat and a suitcase. <laughs> Uh, as is the case with the Romanovs, uh, the lure of money brought forth many imposters, but Small was pronounced dead in 1923. Okay. Many connoisseurs of the mysterious remember him best for Charles Fort's whimsical linkage of his disappearance with that of Ambrose Bierce, who we heard about in last episode, oh. who went to Mexico. Oh. He's the gringo who went to Mexico. <laughs> the ironist. They Hitting were both the named Ambrose. Yeah, well, this guy is named uh, yeah Ambrose J. Small and then Ambrose Bierce. And this is his... This is Charles Fort's whimsical linkage of the two. Okay. They both were named Ambrose. Well, you've. Okay. Well, you figured out half of them. <laughs> <laughs> what could the disappearance of one Ambrose in Texas, which is incorrect, he went disappearing in Mexico. What could the disappearance of one Ambrose in Texas have to do with the disappearance of another Ambrose in Canada? Was somebody collecting Ambroses? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Is this thing on? <laughs> I said, "What else? What else?" Uh, the New York Times was delayed today. <laughs> More like the New York. Uh, the New York Times doesn't uh, know the time. It's late this time. It was somebody collecting them. Uh, you'll get that on the train back to New York. Uh, what else? Uh, what Which, by else? the way, I'm sorry to inform you, has been delayed. Uh, what else? Is is somebody collecting Ambroses? <laughs> that is new. President Wilson's in the news. <laughs> Woodrow, whoa, Woodplow. <laughs> Woodrow, wooden column. Uh, can, you, can, can you not hear me? Is that the problem? Uh, Wilson, more like won't daughter. <laughs> Ambrose, ancestors. Met- How's any of this working? I call Woodrow Wilson Metal Column Wood daughter. daughter. That's my name for him. <laughs> and I'm collecting them. <laughs> the funniest idea. Someone collecting names. <laughs> Someone collecting Ambrose. Yes, one is in Canada and one is in Texas. It's in Mexico. Okay. I, I consider it disappeared once he went off the US map. <laughs> I consider all of Mexico gone. <laughs> I call it. Uh, uh, no, there isn't one for Mexico. <laughs> Mexi, no. Mexi, no. Thank you. Uh, this next story is from the section Unquiet. That is a character called uh, whatever that guy's name was. Yeah. Bad <laughs> early 20th century open mic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 1919 open mic. <laughs> Anyone drink it tonight? <laughs> no! <laughs> you know we're not allowed! <laughs> I'm going down harder than the Titanic. What, too soon? Yes? Okay. <laughs> you had family on it, all right. <laughs> Uh, some Germans in. You guys are famous for your sense of humor. That's what World War II started. If you don't understand that, you must be wearing your spiky helmets upside down. <laughs> Have a spike through your brain. Not to understand that one. And now a dancing bear. <laughs> <laughs> He's in blackface the whole time. <laughs> no one's bringing it up. <laughs> And now a dancing bear in blackface. <laughs> uh, this next the section, uh, the unquiet sky, where the citizens of Rahway, New Jersey, 
saw fiery rain fall to the ground on November 3rd, 1833. Day before my birthday. Whoa. Oh, what day is your birthday? November 4th, 1833. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was oh, an I omen did... the day before that an immortal child would be born. <laughs> yeah. Have we ever brought this up before on the pod that you are immortal? Yep, I'm 120 or something. <laughs> <laughs> All those years never learned to count. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he was born in New Jersey, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Explains why he's a fucking idiot. I'm a mortal They found uh, the so fiery rain fell to the ground. They found lumps of jelly, and a woman milking a cow at West Point, New York, on the same day saw something land with a splosh beside her. <laughs> it was milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this uh, cow's letting out splashes. <laughs> I'm milking here. It was a round, flattened mass the size of a teacup and perfectly transparent. This occurred at sunrise. At 10 a.m., she went out to show some people the jelly, but found it had disappeared. In its place... <laughs> she picked it up, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting there, like, continues to melt. Like, oh, it is a translucent teacup-sized jelly <laughs> hey, over whoa. there. Well, I got to finish the cows. That is a weird-looking disc. I'll bring this up tomorrow. <laughs> In its place, a boy found some white particles the size of a pinhead. But they disintegrated into powder and disappeared when he tried to pick them up. Is a white particle the size of a pinhead not already powder? Yeah, that's yeah. very small. <laughs> yeah. I found these little fellas over here. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these little guys. <laughs> Look at these little white fucking things. <laughs> what do you reckon these are? Is that the jelly turned into some sort of particle? Yeah. Oh no, it's powdering in my hand. <laughs> I popped them under the this key. Here, have a sniff. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, damn. <laughs> These incidents were reported in connection with a meteor shower that appeared over the eastern United States on November 13th. Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah, right. That's, that's it. A, that's a story about how some jelly landed in New York and some New Yorkers were like, whoa, that jelly. New Jersey. New Jersey. New well, Jersey. New Yorkie and New York. New Yorkie. New Yorkie and New Jersey. <laughs> I used to live in Milwaukee. Now I live in New York. <laughs> I've not adjusted well. <laughs> I still want him to ride. I call it New Yorkie. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I live sometimes in New Jersey, sometimes in New Yorkie. I'm a New Jerky. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call ourselves over here. Do you reckon uh, that could have been um, when rain like picks up fish? But it was with jellyfish, the little jellyfish that you get at the beach. Oh, yeah. yeah, And just picked up one jellyfish and then it landed and turned into tiny little particles of... Oh, just little particles well, of here. said there was a That's meteor what I'm shower. Thinking. Right? It was a meteor shower. It was just a part of a meteor. That's what I'm thinking. And like, I think she was distracted when she was like looking at the cow and milking the cow. I'm like, oh, jelly, translucent. And got went back and then like, oh, just dots. Maybe I didn't see anything. <laughs> just some white dots. <laughs> some white dots. This next story is from uh, the section Monsters and More. Ivan Sanderson, uh, the well-known naturalist and author, was visiting... Oh, that Ivan Sanderson. Uh, I should Whoa. Ha- uh, I shouldn't have to explain which Ivan Sanderson. It's the well-known, well-known naturalist and author. I He's- write naked. <laughs> he is a double threat. <laughs> when visiting a rubber plantation in Sumatra in 1928, where he participated in what was perhaps the most bizarre entertainment of his life... <laughs> Do you guys want to guess as to what the um, entertainment he was? He watched that episode of <laughs> The Simpsons where Marge and Homer get naked and when they played it on Channel 10, it was called Simpsons Black Label. 
<laughs> I do not remember I that. I do remember yeah. that. What? <laughs> I remember when up. there was like, yeah, they were like raunchy episodes of The Simpsons. Or like Seinfeld as well. It yeah, was yeah. Like the contest or whatever. But they're all in the same time slot everywhere. <laughs> like, yep. They were just regular episodes, but Channel 10 was like, these are black label. And it was just like, tune in. You might see Homer's dick. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, pro- probably... just Google Homer and Marge naked, it's no. going to bloody give me a boner. Type in, <laughs> type in Simpsons black label. I did and nothing happened. Oh, Seinfeld black label. It's um, not going to be able to find it because that's just what Channel 10 called it in the ad. In like 1996 or whatever yeah. too. Um, people doing unboxings of Hit and Run. Well, that's probably... <laughs> they open it up and like, oh yeah, it's a disc. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, oh, turn into powder. Um, yeah, cool. Okay, that so was probably the most bizarre form of entertainment that I've seen. So he's in Sumatra. Dinner was over and everyone gathered on the veranda. Suddenly, small stones began to shower down on the veranda deck from the darkness beyond. Then Sanderson said, the host told us that these small stones came all the time, particularly on certain nights, and usually still ones, but not necessarily dark ones. Well, it came on the light fucking nights, did they, you idiot? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they don't always have to be dark. So yeah, I guess the moon's out. I guess the As everyone was amazed and sceptical, our host told us to mark the stones in any way we liked and throw them back anywhere into the hopelessly thick tangle of vegetarian vegetation beyond. Or around the garden or house. So they're standing on the veranda, the host and all these guests. Yeah. These stones just suddenly land on the veranda. He's like, mark them and throw them off into the bush. <laughs> so they mark them, throw them. To mark them, he found chalk for us to, uh, from his desk, a file and pencils. The ladies used their lipsticks and we employed all kinds of designs. <laughs> <and devices. laughs> give, it a, give the stones a little kiss. You kiss it and throw it back. <laughs> Why don't you uh, use my lipstick to mark it? It's probably a really good way of marking it rather than with a pencil. That one's sharp on a rock. I'm not fucking touching that. <laughs> I'm not touching the lipstick. The ladies can mark it with that. <laughs> <laughs> we all threw them back hard or lightly in every conceivable direction. Fucking <laughs> Try them back. doing that with your lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> Hard or lightly in every conceivable direction. Almost, but not quite all of the marked stones came back onto the veranda within a matter of seconds. Hmm. A few some minutes later. I would say that some 50 stones at least were so marked and thrown that night. I can vouch for the fact that it was would be absolutely impossible for any human to trace, find, and throw back marked stones in that vegetational tangle short of clearing said tangle and sifting its entire surface. Damn. So these stones appeared on the veranda, they marked the stones, threw them back, and straight away the stones came back. It but sounds it was like a there's form a... of entertainment? Did someone set this all up, or what happened? They, they were just like, the owner of the place where they're having dinner is just like, you guys are not going to believe this. Yeah. You, this right. is pretty fun. Come sounds... out to the veranda, the stones appear, they're like, mark them. Put anything on those stones, throw them to the bush, throw it into the bushes, came back straight away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like there's a haunting here at Trampoline House. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to say that for nine minutes. <laughs> and it Man. wouldn't have been relevant when I thought of it. <laughs> wow. I can't believe they went to bounce. <laughs> well, yeah, that just sounds like some uh, guy who owns slaves and is making them do a fun game for his guests. Oh, boy. <laughs> you reckon slaves? Yeah. Like straight away? Yeah. 
Like, he's not going to be he's volunteers, got like 50 is it? people outside of the... 1928, didn't I say? It was at a rubber plantation in oh, Sumatra, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You hear the word plantation. Yeah. I would have thought the rubber trees. They just oh, bounce them back. Of <laughs> Actually, we have figured this out. It was Lodge. the Lorax. Watch this. See, it's amazing. It just appears. That's great. Uh, this next story is from uh, In the Realm of Miracles. General George A. Custer and his seventh... In the Realm of Miracles. <laughs> <laughs> and his seventh cavalry regiment, about 600 strong, were assigned... Um, I've heard of Custer, by the way. General Custer. Yeah, General yeah. Custer. yeah, yeah That's yeah. that fucking dude. He's coming for his last stand. Please, Mr. Custer. Have you ever heard that song? What's that? No. No, I don't want to go. It's about like a... Well, who is it? A, one of his soldiers like not wanting to go out in there... Custer's last stand. He had a last stand in the end. Did you just say that before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, the third X-Men film. (laughs) About... Logan. (laughs) Apocalypse. It was called X-Men 3, The Last Stand. About 600 strong. (laughs) Were assigned in mid-May 1876. About 600 strong. Another 1,000 weak, but they had a lot of people there. (laughs) To join an expedition against the Sioux Indians in what is now southeastern Montana. As the residents saw the command marching out of Fort Abraham Lincoln in a cloud of dust, they observed a strange omen of the fate that would befall the regiment. While they were watching in wonder, almost half the regiment appeared to ride off into the sky and vanish. (laughs) What? (laughs) Just like standing there looking out the fort like, Do you guys see like 300 men riding into the sky? I mean, it's definitely some kind of visual trick from where we're standing, but... A little more than a month later at the Battle of the Little Bighorn on June 25th. Custer a and- movie with Dustin Hoffman about that. <laughs> no, you're thinking that's a movie called Little Big Man. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Uh- yeah, you're right. <laughs> Is it about that though? Uh, I don't know what Little Big Man's about. No, that... The- Battle of Little Bighorn, that was that PlayStation 3 game with the little guy who was a little sack. Yeah, what's it actually called? Little Big Planet. Little Big Planet. Oh, very good. The Battle of Little Big Planet. (laughs) (laughs) That's when me and my brother used to fight over who got to play. (laughs) Uh, A little more than a month later at the Battle of Little Big Horn on June 25th, Custer and 264 of his men, so almost half of them, were outflanked and killed by the forces of the Sioux Chief Sitting Bull and Crazy Horse. As the vision or mirage had indicated, about half of the regiment was lost. Hmm. Mm. So I they, they would come back and be like, hey, look, we lost 264 men. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about a vision I had. I They're dead. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, guess what? Them I- and their horses went to heaven. They <laughs> rode up in the zoo. I think there's something you should know about us here at the United States Army. We're all going to ride into heaven one day. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Uh, um, that definitely didn't happen. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe they were like the cloud cover came down. It just seemed as though, like the you know how like there's sometimes low cloud. Oh yeah, oh, like fog. a mist. <laughs> yeah, a fog. 
Yeah, right. They were just riding into that. And like, yeah. Whoa. It was just a hill that was covered. There was clouds at the top and they disappeared. Like, General yeah. Custer's like starting to crouch and he's like, oh no. <laughs> Everything's going into the sky as he gets closer and closer to the Yeah, ground. he's doing one of those things where it's like he's walking down steps behind a couch. <laughs> um, little Big Man was loosely based on Custer and the Little Big Horn battle, but is historically incorrect. Because <laughs> Dustin Hoffman doesn't fly into the sky at the end. <laughs> and is also a little Jewish man. <laughs> yeah, he plays a Native American chief. Well, that's that not movie. on. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that is the worst thing Dustin Hoffman's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> what else is he allegedly... Gotta get in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, 134 allegations on the ground, 134... <laughs> Let's just go one by one through every Dustin Hoffman film where he dresses up as a woman, where he pretends to be autistic. Oh. He is not on. Yeah. He's cancelled. He, he slaps that car on its bonnet. <laughs> I'm walking <laughs> here. <laughs> he's that Indian man who was in that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> no, you're thinking of Jack Nicholas. <laughs> Sorry, you're thinking of Tiger Woods. <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I know. But I was actually thinking What's Jack Nicholas? the Indian chief. Jack Nicholas is, is a golfer. golfer. Uh, <laughs> Which is why I then said Tiger Woods. Nice. Because yeah. it would be funny to replace every Jack Nicholson plural <laughs> with Scott. Jack Nicholas playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> you want the truth? <laughs> Somebody please Supercut <laughs> Jack Nicholas playing golf in every scene <laughs> Jack Nicholas. You have a dance Here's with the- <laughs> Little golf claps You have a dance with the devil in the pale moonlight Now watch this drive <laughs> That's another Jack Nicholson quote Look I'm not really on the same level as you guys with this particular riff. I don't know where I am. Because <laughs> I... You don't, don't worry. <laughs> okay, let's- I said that Dustin Hoffman, who is in this riff, an Indian... A Native American. Yeah, I said he's in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest because there's a, a the Native right, right, American right. chief. He's, yes, he's yeah. mother's and Jack. He Nicholson. confused that with Jack Nicholson on purpose, but then he said Jack Nicholas, who's a golfer. And then Tiger Woods became Jack Nicholson. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and so now we're at a point where in the riff we are suggesting that Jack Nicholas, a golfer, and that is all you need to know about him. Okay, because it is all we know about him. <laughs> Let me join in. Yes, I have a sex addiction. <laughs> have I done it? Are you in? You the have riff? a sex addiction? <laughs> huh? Yeah. You have a sex I'm Tiger Woods. <laughs> and now we're looping back around to not okay. being allowed to play the race that you're forgetting. Okay, right. Yeah. Like the legend of Bagger Vance. <laughs> We've done it. On the night of January 16th, 1969. Summer of Love. Probably Jer- after two and a bit weeks, you'd have gotten over it being 1969. <laughs> what an unbearable year. You would have been like, ah, oh, what, what day is it? Oh, it's January 16th. Yeah, but what year? 1969. Nice. <laughs> All right. Ugh, yuck. All right. I'm going to go into a coma deliberately and wake up in 1970. Uh, yeah, but what year would it have been before 1970? 1971 it is. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph DeLuise walked into a Chicago cocktail lounge and asked to see a newspaper. <laughs> what years are going to say on that newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> he just points at it. Nice. <laughs> he wanted to read about the two trains that had crashed somewhere south of Chicago. <laughs> I'm absolutely horny for a crash. <laughs> I know about the news already, but I want to read about it again. <laughs> the men at the bar suddenly paid attention. 
What crash? They'd heard nothing about it. Oh, shit. There hadn't been anything in the newspapers. Where? Somewhere south of here, DeLuise said. Two trains hit each other in the fog. It was the worst train disaster we have had since World War II, 25 years ago. Yeah, we know when World War II was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but what would 1945 plus, plus about 25 be? Uh, uh, no, 1944 it happened. 1944. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be 1969. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Many people were hurt and killed. The bartender turned on the radio. It was 11 o'clock and there was no news of a train wreck. Uh, two hours later, at 1am on January 17th, two Illinois Central trains collided head-on in the fog, 45 miles south of Chicago. Mm. 47 people were hurt and three killed. It was the worst train disaster in the area. What would have happened if 19 more people had been involved? Um, That would have been um, 69. Hell yeah. (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It was the worst train disaster in the area in the last 25 years. Yeah. DeLuise had spoken... Since World War II. Since World War II. 25 years ago. 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. What year was it? And year is it currently? 1970. No, 2019. 2019. 2019, correct. DeLuise had spoken on a radio show on December 14th, 1968 in Gary, Indiana and predicted that the crash... (laughs) The whole radio show seemed to go, nearly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A few more sleeps. Till Christmas? Nah. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) And predicted that the crash would occur in five or six weeks. What sort of man is Joseph DeLuise? This article just asked for no. (laughs) He works as a hairdresser. Never finished the eighth grade, and like many scryers, uses a crystal ball to make his predictions. On television and in the press, he had foretold many disasters. On November 25th, 1967, he predicted the collapse of a bridge. Three weeks later, on December 16th, the Silver Bridge across the Ohio River at Point Pleasant, West Virginia, collapsed. Who was responsible? Certainly Joseph Dillard. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that bridge is going to collapse. Yeah. How do I know? I reckon... I've got an inkling. <laughs> uh, in about two days, uh, there's going to be a C4 storage area that's going to have a couple bits go missing. Oh, that's my <laughs> prediction. Then the bridges can collapse. 36 people were killed and another 10 were reported missing. On January 8th, 1968, DeLuise predicted that there would be no major riots in the country in the coming year, but that w- there would be an actual insurrection. On April 7th, 1968, the governor of Illinois declared an outbreak of violence in Chicago to be an insurrection. 5,000 federal troops were flown in. On December 15th, 1968, DeLuise predicted that the Kennedy family would be involved in a tragedy connected with water. Later, he saw a woman drowning in that context. On July 18th, 1969... He saw a woman drowning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he goes, I reckon the Kennedys are going to be involved in some problem with, the, with water. Also, I've just seen a woman drowning. <laughs> in the context of the Kennedy stuff. So Jesus. In the air tonight was written about this dude. <laughs> On January 18th. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you know how that's the rumor is that song was written about a guy who saw another guy drowning and Phil Collins saw it from like his hotel room and he's like, oh, he didn't even save him. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But apparently that's also not true. I also love the idea that that, that rumor has been started because people don't understand that lyrics can just be made up. <laughs> yeah. I'm the walrus is about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Phil Collins is just like writing down his every thought as he's singing it. Whoa, you saw yeah. somebody drowning and you didn't even help. This is not a metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) That bit where he died would be a sick place to put a bunch of drums. (laughs) On July 18th, 1969, do you know where we all learned about that? Stan. (laughs) The song Stan by Eminem. What? The Phil Collins thing is in Eminem. Oh, really? It's in Stan by Eminem. Where? Oh, during the lyrics. (laughs) In the lyrics. (laughs) Where? (laughs) Yeah, during the lyrics. On July 18th, 1969... (laughs) uh, 
Deloise predicted that Stan would be a huge hit. <laughs> uh, he was right. On July 18th, 1969, Mary Jo uh, Capuchin? Capuchin? Capuchin. Cop- Copacnin. Yeah, look. Whatever the Kopechny. lady was that, yeah, that Ted Kennedy killed. <laughs> Chicago. No. Mary Jo Capuchin was drowned at Chappaquiddick in a car accident involving Senator Edward Kennedy. Damn. Formerly known as... Send Ted Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Formerly known as non-murderer Senator Edward Kennedy. <clears throat> Ted Kennedy killed that girl. On May 21st, 1969, Deloise predicted the crash of a jet plane near Indianapolis. He said that 79 people would be killed and that somehow the number 330 would be involved at 3.30 p.m. on September 9, 1969. An Allegheny Airlines DC-9 collided with a private plane near Indianapolis. The four crew members... And 78 passengers were killed, as well as a pilot who had flown the private plane. So that's incorrect. He got that number wrong. <laughs> Stupid. They tried to trick us there <laughs> by adding up to 83. I reckon 79 people will be involved. Mm. 83 people were involved. Yes, but how many is in is 79 in 83? Yes, correct. <laughs> no. But four of them were, you know. <laughs> they were <laughs> crew <And> members. <laughs> yes, crew is the word I was thinking of. And if 15 fewer people have died in that, if 15 fewer people... Yeah, that would be 68. 69 people have died. Exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. Deloise. Yeah. That's that guy. Okay. So that's Joseph Deloise. There's a picture of him here with his um, goatee, glasses. I was going to ask you that. He looks like Cat Williams. I want crazy yeah, big hair. I one hundred percent believe that every single one of those things was him after the event had happened. Go like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I said that a few weeks. See, ago. I wrote this down yesterday, and the date is in the corner of the date that I wrote it, and yeah. it's illegal to write the wrong date. So why would I? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've been studying trains in Chicago, and yeah, they are actually pretty poorly managed, especially this fog. I saw on the weather report this fog coming up. I reckon there's going to be a crash between two trains in the foggy days. I mean, that would still be kind of impressive. That's like some Sherlock shit. Yeah, to figure out that there'll be a train crash. I'm saying that he is lying. Do we want to make predictions now? About what the next story will be? No, about the disasters. Oh. Because we did this with people that would die. (laughs) Hmm? Remember we all predicted the SIRS that would die? Oh, yeah. Who did I say? Uh, I think we all said the Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I remember saying Paul McCartney. Um, well, I reckon Ted Kennedy is going to kill another woman. <laughs> <laughs> is he not dead? He is dead. But he's going to come back from the dead. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I reckon, in terms of disasters, I reckon there'll probably be another one one day. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. Plane, I, train, automobile. automobile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon um, John Candy will be involved. Damn. Really? Yeah. Mm. I reckon Belushi's going to die. <laughs> Jim? <laughs> now just remember, <laughs> this is being recorded in May of 1969. <laughs> so all these predictions have come true. We've done it again. Oh, that, is that, that it? That's the oh, that's the last story. That's, that's the last story. Yeah, oh, right. holy shit. Holy moly. I thought we had another one or two to go. No, we've actually done five. Jesus Christ, I wasn't paying attention. Either. And what would five plus yeah. 64 be? Uh, 70. Nope. No, actually, you're off by one there. Oh, 71. No, now you're off by two. Oh, 73. <laughs> no, you've gone completely in the wrong direction. Yeah. If you minus five from 74. Oh, you're acting you're like a real Tiger Woods here, <laughs> Nox. Oh, <laughs> That's not meant to be racial. <laughs> Please. It was meant to be a sex thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if I was addicted to sex, I'd think every 
answer was 69. Got to be funny to have a sex addiction, but you only do 69s. <laughs> <laughs> like someone who's an alcoholic, but only drinks brandy. Yeah. Gotta, it would be funny to have a sex addiction, but you only do Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually got a sex addiction, but I can only have sex with Tiger Woods. So if that could be arranged, <laughs> I would most appreciate that. Uh, speaking of addictions, we are addicted to comedy and we're going to be performing <laughs> some at Edinburgh. Uh, in August Edinburgh We will be in you Yeah We <laughs> We'll have a podcast going Called 25 Days While we're over there It's a daily podcast Do Spooky will still be coming out As normal But uh, If you want to listen to 25 Days You can listen to the whole first season All 26 episodes of it Yep Already and- now On your um iPhone players <laughs> And there'll be some new ones coming up <laughs> On your podcast Apples <laughs> Apps stands for apples <laughs> Open your mouth holes and say some face words To your friends if you would Click about on this the Apple shop and say Spooky please <laughs> <laughs> And then say 25 days I meant I meant 25 days uh, And also uh, yeah, Come to our shows if you would Can I just do like something to? real quick Yeah. Okay Google Download Uspooky. <laughs> Checking that'll work. Probably. You probably pissed off a whole bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, do it with 25 days. No, oh, yeah, because they're already listening. To they're already listening to Uspooky. They're already here. Okay, Google, download Mein Kampf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit>. no. <laughs> My one started it triggered going your off. Google. <laughs> um,. So, if you uh, happen to be going to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, every single day they will be doing all of our shows. 11.35am at the City Cafe is Three's Comedy, which is the three of us doing stand-up. Yep. At 4pm or 4.45pm at the Raging Bull is my solo show, which is a bloody loose muck around. What's it called? It's called Ha Ha Cool. Uh, and then at later 11, that night, eleven o'clock at the Counting House, they got the Gong Show, which is like a it's a bloody it's also a muck around. It's sort a of a bunch of different around. comedians seven. A and then if you're around. interested in another muck around at midnight, just across the hallway from the Gong Show, mm-hmm. uh, we have Late Show, Great Show, which will be uh, five comedians doing some comedy late at night. Heap of fun stand up. We're going to think about doing a spooky over there as well because yep. apparently I mentioned that on a previous episode. You did we've mentioned people. it a couple of times, and someone uh, responded to that on Twitter. So thank you. <laughs> So if you want Love us that. to do a spooky, interest. Uh, if you would like us to do a spooky, leave us a review, five stars, and say do a live spooky. If yep. we get five hundred of them, we'll do one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you're not in Edinburgh, uh, we're doing stuff around Melbourne all the time. Catfish comedy every Tuesday, Gong shows on Saturdays in Melbourne. Uh, Find it all out at our socials. Which if you go on Twitter, mine's Adam G Knox. Look, see Muller. Yeah, Peter the Jones. But you can also follow Ooh Spooky on every social media platform, Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, all at Spooky. We're not on Snapchat because we are not children. <laughs> TikTok. We're on TikTok now. I'm We're all on TikTok. On if I... you want to see us dancing to Old Town Road, then yeah, follow uh, us on TikTok. I've got the one Vine account left. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm on MySpace. Yeah, that was I'm cool. on Google Wave. <laughs> uh, Please join the group. It's actually pretty cool. <laughs> Otherwise, we will be back next week with another episode of Spooky. See you till then. Spook.